0: This podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal.
1: Are we not the best of some friends already? Only in media.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast that would never venture rookie just for struggling a little bit it's time to do a little stargazing mark how are you
1: i'm doing pretty good we would cut their minutes down significantly
0: <laughs> well you know it depends on the, the lineup we go with it depends on the game situation the standings it's a lot of a lot goes into these decisions i think
1: well i understood and we are not on injured reserve we've been healthy all year and we're ready
0: to go we're feeling good we're feeling good Got yeah. good pace to our game
1: now, national game tonight i i have declared noise no spoilers so uh, I, I assume you guys have watched and are cheerful for good reasons so i'll i'll take that
0: <laughs> i'm not gonna say well i guess by the time the listeners are listening to this that there won't be they'll, they'll already know they already know why you're happy i will say national games my my non-spoiler feedback is national games make me appreciate the local broadcasts because I, it feels like the the team calling the game for ESPN. It feels like they're like a nephew's christening or something like that, and they just don't want to be there. Is the the energy I'm getting? Although flip side, the studio crew is doing great. They they had they broke some stuff down at first intermission that I really appreciated. So a mixed bag, but I'm certainly ready to get the team back get get back to to Josh and Razor.
1: No, and and I'm I'm gonna go completely off subject here though, but. we've seen a lot of seattle lately and i got the seattle feed for a couple of them and they are now my new favorite local feed they are incredibly good they have alice and lucan uh doing doing kind of between the benches stuff and she just knows her analytics
0: up and down and can bring them in real time it's awesome oh that's great it's, it really it's amazing what good quality coverage can do to pull you into and help you understand like what's going on in a hockey game. And it's it's a I don't think it's underrated, but it's definitely a skill.
1: Yeah. And I mean, they they were they were breaking down individual plays on the broadcast and saying,
0: you know, here here's
1: what Dallas is attempting to do. And here is why it's working or here's why it's not working. It, it was pretty impressive. Uh, it's stuff I wish more people would do. Anyway,
0: neither here nor there. No, it's it's still good to talk about. We, we've we got a, a, a tight set tonight. We're going to talk, um, you know, we'll obviously deviate from this pretty roughly, but we're going to talk about the big stuff. We're going to talk a little bit about Jake Ottinger and how much of him we're seeing right now. We're going to do an update on a couple of significant injuries for the Dallas Stars, and we're going to talk about the NHL's leading rookie goal scorer, Wyatt Johnston, and how um, kind of the, the story that he's developing over the back half of the season. We'll, we'll talk about some other stuff, too. Probably, potentially, maybe, but um, those those are the big bits. As Dallas, I think, has what is it, eleven games, ten games after tonight? I think it's ten games after tonight. Ooh, home stretch, baby. Here we go, and things start with kind of we'll start on the goalie front and get there by way of standings, and that things have really tightened. At the top of the division, right? Whereas once Dallas was, you know, front runners now, and it's, it's a point percentage thing. So depending upon the outcome of tonight's game, right, technically right now, Minnesota wrapped up in, or sorry, they lost in over or in a shootout to the Flyers. But the point that they got puts them ahead of Dallas, actually, albeit with one game in hand. So 91 points for the wild 90 points for the stars wild have one extra game then right back at uh are the colorado avalanche at 88 so they're they're just three points behind and they've got two games in hand over the wild one game in hand over the stars so all of the sudden the top three teams in the central division it, it's not necessarily it's interesting right it's not necessarily the race we've had we we've had all season but it is the race we expected to have if that if that makes any sense
1: yeah i think so and and i mean the the stars... They, they, they just finished this, uh, this six game road trip. They, they had the, the hangover game, uh, still got a point out of it, uh, at home against Seattle. So it's not completely unexpected. You don't really expect to go on a, on a six game road trip and get on a heater and, and the stars got some points out of it, but they also lost some ground. Minnesota has been doing incredibly well with, uh, Kaprizov out. So, uh, that uh, is not really what you would expect. Uh, certainly, I think Colorado working their way back into the into the you know, top of the division mix is something you would have expected as they get healthier. But yeah, three three teams: uh, Dallas, Minnesota, Dallas, Colorado. Those are some interesting and potentially tough uh, series if uh, if we don't win the division.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, again, right. Games are literally being played right now that are going to influence this, but playing the classic, if the season ended today, Dallas would have Edmonton in the first round and Minnesota would have Seattle with Colorado playing. Yeah. Colorado playing the, um, the Kings. So it's sorry, Minnesota, Colorado, Los Angeles, Seattle, Dallas Edmonton would be the matchup. So it, it is getting to a point where there are some better, there are some better looks for the stars based on the competition. Some teams you might want to see early versus late. And this all matters because what was originally going to be a, a relatively, I think it was seven to 10 days was Pete DeBoer's initial diagnosis. Um, you know, wedge Scott Wedgwood remains hurt. And I guess the stars didn't see enough of what they wanted from our Matt Murray in a couple of cameos and they've just been, it's been the Jake Ottinger show for the last little while. And we're starting to see some questions. And and I honestly have have these questions. I co-signed them, which which means a lot because I'm an expert. But there's starting to be some questions asked around what is more important for the Dallas Stars? Getting the right seed heading into the playoffs or giving their superstar goaltender a little bit more of a breather as uh as the season, right? Would you rather would you rather risk a matchup with Edmonton and give Jake Ottinger a little bit of a break, or would you rather ride Jake Ottinger into, you know, a, a division crown and get Seattle? That's the big decision right now, I think.
1: Well, I I, I think it kind of answers itself, though, because the Stars are right on the verge of going through a, a fairly, uh, I don't want to say an easy spot. Uh, they're playing some teams that are that are going to be down in the standings. And they also have some some days off in the middle here so you know a- after what Thursday Thursday night we have uh, Pittsburgh which is a pretty solid game mm-hmm. and then uh and then we have a Saturday game against Vancouver which which you would think wouldn't be great but Vancouver's kind of owned us this year yeah um but, <laughs> five but, to two last go round right but then then you don't have a game till Tuesday which is you know out on out on the road against uh was it chicago it is and then uh, and then out on the road again for a friday game against arizona
0: so you do have some breaks in there um yeah and that's it's a two-day break before chicago another two-day break before arizona but then you have a back-to-back with arizona then colorado one day off nashville so two back-to-backs here as the season winds down
1: yeah and so I mean I I think you might you might be able to make an argument to give the backup game to Vancouver just because it looks like Ottinger hasn't had a whole lot of success against them and so you may want to change things up a little bit. The one thing I you know I'll just throw my opinion out there we 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 currently have uh, Remy Poirier as the backup. Um I think that's primarily because the, the organization wanted to get Matt Murray down to the AHL to get some games in, especially since they had this back-to-back set against Coachella Valley, which, which is really the top uh, top AHL team out there, or one of the top two. And, and Murray was just incredible the last two nights. Uh, he uh, won both games, gave up one goal in each, and had potential shutouts going in late into the third in both of those games.
0: Well, so the reality uh, is if you're not going to play – if you're going to start Ottinger, you might as well have Murray playing as a starter down in Cedar Park, because it's, you know, if you're going to your backup, it's probably because things aren't going well anyways, and, right. and why, you know, why waste
1: Murray's time? Right, exactly. And so, I, I, and Texas is at home, Dallas is at home, so so life is good. It's a, it's not necessarily a, an easy freeway ride, but it's not a difficult freeway ride uh, to, to get between, you
0: know, Austin area dallas
1: and, so and i was I say, not i'm
0: betting these guys can spring for a ticket on southwest and that's about a 28-minute <laughs> flight these days so <laughs> longer at the airport right they could probably get was it jamie Ben picking somebody up at the airport it's going to be fine yeah so yeah
1: you know, i if we see somebody i think we're going to see matt murray in net and and poirier down down with texas uh, and and this is just convenience because uh murray needed some playing time and poirier's the backup and then I think you you might see uh, you know a road trip. Hopefully, Wedgewood is back by the end of our, I mean, by by the end of this. It's been kind of a black box there. That well, what is this injury that keeps on lingering and lingering and lingering? So you know, at some point he's going to be back, and, and then we don't have these questions. But yeah. certainly, I would think that a backup is going to take the game in Arizona, and then the next night is Colorado. Is that right? Yeah,
0: it's Arizona, so, so Chicago, Arizona, Colorado.
1: Yeah, and so you know the Colorado
0: game is one where you're going to want uh, Ottinger at top four. Definitely, and top four and Ottinger are important because if I were to if I were to ask you, Mark, say hey, Mark, in the last ten games, how many times has Jake Ottinger broken a ninety percent save percentage? Oh, I'd say maybe two or three four, which is better than I thought when I counted it. But that is saying that one of those was just a flat 90 against Arizona and then a 903 against Seattle. So if we get a little bit more stingy and say, let's see, well, let's let's do it this way. If we take his let's see if If you take his season average, he's been over his his season average, I think once in the last 10 games with the 929 game against Seattle that that was on the, uh, the 13th.
1: No, no, I, I would argue that you can maybe throw away the the 10-4 uh, Buffalo win.
0: I don't want to throw that game away. I rather <laughs> enjoyed it.
1: <laughs> well, no, I, I, from from Ottinger's Ottinger's this is perspective, why we can't have nice things. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to sit out here and say that Otter shouldn't have given up four against Buffalo. Okay,
0: is that is that another one of your hot takes that Ottinger? Should? I, I,
1: if if Ottinger can win a game by six goals, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna harass him too. Much.
0: Yeah, I mean there is a little bit that goes into it, but but my point being, and I, I looked it up. Yeah, he's sitting at a, a yeah, he's sitting at a nine, I think six nine sixteen for the season right now, and he has been over his season average one time in the last ten games, and that concerns me.
1: Yeah, you'd have to go. I think in into some of the some of the analysis of what shots he's facing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, my gut feeling says that maybe he's taking a, a significant. Number of more rush chances and odd man rush chances. The defense has kind of stunk. So yeah. yeah, There have been some. There there have been some bad goals. Um, the the five hole goal of the last game, I think, was one that he probably would have wanted back. But I'm not going to hang all
0: that on Otter. Well, and and I, I agree. And that's I'm I'm glad you're saying that because that's sort of where I was headed, right? It's it's the one of the problems we've been talking about all season. It's not that Ottinger needs rest because Ottinger is playing badly and the problem. It's that it's more of a holistic defensive issue and you need Ottinger as sharp as possible to account for it. And it's not like you can rest half of the defense and suddenly have a better, I mean, if it were me, we'd be seeing more of Lundqvist and Harley, and maybe that would help. But it's not like you can sub out three of the defenders and and, the forwards that are not back. You You can't solve all of those problems necessarily, right? At this stage in the season, you can't exactly make a trade. So it turns into the rest is much less about Ottinger as an individual by himself in isolation has suddenly sprung a bunch of leaks. And it's just more along the lines of, This is, you know, and it's not my, I think this was a a puck soup take, but something somebody said, so the Western Conference has sort of turned into a bunch of really good teams that all have one fatal flaw. And the reason you rest Ottinger isn't necessarily to fix that flaw because you can't. It's because if he is dialed in and ready, then it minimizes that flaw. And it's sort of you, you mask it with strength right you put the spackle over it and that's that i think that the argument to rest ottinger is much more about you're not going to be able to cut down a lot on some of the junk that he's seeing come at him so at the very least have him fresh and as as capable of dealing with it as possible
1: right and i I think maybe the other thing you look at is that the central itself is a is, is a division that has a lot of really great goaltenders but the really great goaltenders are on the teams that are fighting for their wild card lives. And so once you make it to the playoffs, I think Ottinger at the top of the division is the competitive advantage that the stars have. They have the best goaltender amongst the
0: top teams in the division. Well, undoubtedly. Yeah, he's he's go down the list like you could based on track record, based on a body of work. And of course, assuming they make it, I would take Hellebuck over Ottinger at this right now, right? So if we're we're looking at the totality of their careers, I think you could make a very good argument that Winnipeg has a superior goaltender. But looking at the rest of... Yeah, you have Soros
1: but, out there, and those are the two teams that are really fighting yeah, for that but, for, for yeah, the bottom Nashville
0: end tenth right now. So if if, yeah. if you know one way or the other, if if either Winnipeg or Nashville makes it, that's probably the only guy on this half of the playoff bracket that you'd look at the crease and say there is a competitive, even just a an equal. That you know Vegas right, Jonathan Quick really, or or you know the the guy that's injured right now, Los Angeles has they played very well as he, you know Corpusalo is it, he's not bad, and they're a great defensive team, but he's not a difference maker and i'm like go down the list nobody in in the western conference outside of you know dallas winnipeg and nashville really has capital e elite goaltending and one of those three teams is not going to make the playoffs
1: yeah and to tell you the truth the people in winnipeg are having the same conversation we are about uh, about riding hellebuck he's the
0: other he's the other goaltender who's really way up there on the number of games played yeah, but you know, so it, it turns into one of those like what is what is your take? How on on a scale of 1 to 10, right? What is your level of concern for Jake Ottinger's workload at this point? Two. Two? Oh, Two
1: wow. it, it's 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 really low, especially given the given the break that we have going in here. I mean, once we get to playoff time, it's the game every, every other night, and that's at the end of the season. And yeah, you can say yeah, he might need a little mental rest. He might need a little physical rest if he has anything that's that, that's tweaked. But this workload for for you know for somebody my age, that workload would kill me. For somebody his age, <laughs> and and as long as as long as he's not saying take me out, he, he needs to be.
0: Well, and, and even as you say, I'm looking at the schedule right now. So for the sake of argument, let's assume that they give him the game against Vancouver because it's kind of a bugaboo team for the stars and, you know, whatever. In theory, right, you've got two kind of tanking squads in Chicago and Arizona. If you really wanted to, you play Ottinger against Vancouver, you play Ottinger against Colorado on the on April 1st, and you've, you can bake in a full week's rest. If you really, like, if you want to, and realistically looking at the quality of teams— even with a you know Matt Murray in that you would still expect Dallas to take care of business against the Hawks and the Coyotes. So, you know, I think that would go a long way to allaying some rest concerns. Is just give the kid a week off.
1: Yeah, although I'd be I'd be much more prone to say give him give him Vancouver because it, nothing's gone right that way. Yeah, um, let him take Chicago. I mean, if you're if you, the other side of the coin is you don't want to give him a full week off and then he comes back a little rusty against Colorado. That's fair. So, so, I mean, it, a lot of this is just, you know, conversation. You, you see you see a downside, and this is one of the reasons why you might think that there's a downside. I, I think maybe the only thing that I've seen, and I actually haven't read it yet, but I, I think Sean Shapiro had something about uh, technical about Otter that, that he wrote about. If there's some technical stuff that's going on, then, then yeah, that's of interest to me. But otherwise, yeah, it, it, he's a young kid. Uh, let him play.
0: Yeah, there. he talked a little bit about there was a, a goal at the near post. I think he mentioned the one, the five hole as well. Some Some technique stuff, he's getting a little bit less explosive, a little bit looser with his positioning in the crease. And it's one of those things where I think Sean's point was, It's less about rest as in, you know, kick your feet up and don't touch the ice and more about the, you know, not having to prep for game after game after game gives him a chance to work with Jeff Reese and kind of dial in, dial back in some of the sound positional stuff that has made him such a standout this season and and last season as well, frankly. Yeah.
1: And I think what I laid out there kind of does that. So I'll I'll be happy. I, I, I like it when I agree with Sean. (laughs)
0: <laughs> there we go there we go now um and then we'll we'll do a quick pivot away from the team. anything else you want to cover and in, in terms of the stars crease I, I i think we're done i may have a question for you later love it then we will take a brief topical pause to hear from our sponsors and come back and talk a little bit about some of the injury situation going on with the stars you know mark People get hurt from car accidents, medical malpractice, and other personal injury accidents, but they never call an attorney. They leave thousands of dollars in medical bills and lost wages on the table that could otherwise be covered and instead just take the insurance company's word. This is silly when you could just call Robert Greening at Greening Law. Greening and his Green Team are fierce legal competitors for you against the insurance companies. Consultations are free, so you have nothing to lose. And there are no hourly attorney fees either. They only get paid if you recover. Right? Right. These folks definitely need to call Robert Greening and the Green Team. Sure do. So remember, if you've been hurt in an accident, been a victim of medical malpractice, or have been hurt on a business's premises, call the Green Team at Greening Law in Dallas, Texas at 972-934-8900 now. They will fight your legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. Greening Law, Office Dallas, Texas. All right, that was the Green Team. Thank you again, guys, for sponsoring the podcast and helping us get this messaging out. On the topic of injuries, we've talked about Scott Wedgwood. You know, DeBoer is being coy, I would say, more than vague in saying that he is Progressing, He's using positive language, right? Progressing, making progress close without giving us any kind of definitive timeline. But he's coming. We've learned as well that, you know, Tyler Sagan will be a game time decision tonight, tonight against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And, and that's more to do. The the cut has the stitches are out. The concerns right now are that if it reopens, of course, you go back to zero. So Dallas is trying to thread the needle between, um, you know, getting the stitches out, getting Sagan back up to games speed and not exposing him to potentially reopening what was apparently a small but very deep wound on his on his leg so you, you don't want to and you don't want to mess around with those not necessarily because you're worried that his leg is going to fall off but unfortunately the thing about a cut is every time it reopens you just sort of reset the timeline from zero so there he might factor in tonight against the penguins if not that it, it sounds very imminent and then the flip side is with Mason Marchmont. Right now, the word is that optimistically he could be available for the stars by the end of the regular season, you know, just in time to get a little tune up in before the postseason. So a couple of you know one big name coming back, one big name a little bit out, and another big name is a big old shrug.
1: yeah. and and I mean, the the big concern there and here I think it's even a medium concern, as we saw a little bit of beforehand. Uh, it'd be nice to be able to get that. Uh, that Sagan Marchman Domi line a little yeah. com- more comfortable with each other. You yeah, know, I think, I, I think we saw enough of them. So we know what they bring. And that's yeah, kind reminds of chaos
0: of the um, it reminds me of the, the Matt Zuccarello situation and how, da- you know, Dallas, he was a big acquisition at the deadline plays that one game gets a couple points then immediately gets hurt. Like you said, there is more, you know, Mason has played most of the season with Dallas Domi has been in the lineup consistently. Sagan will be back very soon. So there it's less of a, you know it's less of a concern, but to your point, heading into the postseason Dallas went out, and, you know they got some shiny toys at the deadline, and it would really be nice and be helpful. For the team to have a sustained run, where they had, you know, all three of their kind of line—well, really all four, because the fourth line—but really all three of their kind of offensive units assembled and going, just to to get, you know, get everything fine-tuned before before the tournament starts.
1: Yeah, and then you you would hope that Nils Lundqvist is part of that on the back end, where you could get him <laughs> rolling a little bit. Although, although I I am just I, I've said it all year. At some point, Joel Hanley is just. To become a playoff, he will because that's how this and, team works. That's the way this team works, and I've said it in semi ingest
0: since the beginning, and it's kind of working that way. I just, i it's, it's, it will, it is, and will always be a frustration. Like Lundquist made a very bad play and directly cost the team a goal, and he didn't play, you know, and that was it, right? That was kind of the end of his night. But then you see and I don't want to beat a dead Well, no,
1: I mean, but you see the same thing.
0: You see, you know, Miro every once
1: in a while will just do something where you cough up a hairball. And, I mean, this is just the nature of the game.
0: Yep. But then my point is that, but then you see there's, there was a gif and and I think Taylor 2.0 had it on her Twitter timeline, but there's, there's gifts running around of just a sequence of errors by Ryan Suter, (laughs) like bump, bump passes into the middle of the offensive zone that directly lead to breakouts, goals against bad coverage, not picking up a man. And it's, it's one of those like, yes, mistakes happen and I'm not expecting perfection, but it, it is, it is galling to have one player with upside and no leash and another player with no upside and an incredibly long leash. It's it's just something that, as a fan, it's very difficult to, it's difficult to be comfortable with.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm not going to disagree. I've just I, I've accepted it. Yeah. What are what are the stages of, of grief? You you come to terms with things and. Oh yeah, just,
0: it's just part of my world now. I think I'm perpetually stuck on anger. That's just where I am. Just rage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you are a stars fan. Yeah, that's right. I'm conditioned. It's not, you know, I, I do think though, you know, the one, the one word of caution I will say is this is not, this is not a Julius Honka situation where there is, you know, it's, he's not being, you know, this is not Honka. This is not late stage Dennis Gurionov. There is, you know, a path. The organization still speaks very positively about the player. There still seems to be a path in the lineup. It looks like he's going to play tonight against Pittsburgh. I I do think that it is more likely than not that Lundqvist will work out just fine. But it is maddening that, and and I get as well, this is where profile comes into play and role in the team comes in. There's a a lot of stuff that goes into it. You can't just say, you know, Yanni Hockenpah is playing poorly, so we're going to take him out of the lineup and put Lundqvist into the lineup. Right. It's not they don't do the same thing. You know, it's it's you can't quite do that. Although, God, I'd like to. <laughs> It'd be nice. Yeah. To, it's nice to see it. Yeah, at a certain point, you kind of you got to dance with the one you brought, and that's yeah, kind of so, where we're at. Yeah, but I think you're right. It, it is trending. It would it would pleasantly surprise me if the playoffs weren't the Joel Hanley show, because again, he's the guy that that you know he's the security blanket guy that coaches seem to love. He'll take up he'll take his nine to twelve minutes and probably not do anything to rock the boat one way or the other. And that way Dallas can try and win the game everywhere else. So gear up. One last thing I do want to make sure we touch on is, is, you know, Wyatt Johnston, Officially, he's now ha- he now has two more goals than he has years alive on this planet, has <laughs> continued to build on his purposes. He scored one, two, three, four, five. He's five goal uh, scored in five consecutive games, six of his last seven games. Um, I believe it's eight of his or sorry, seven of his last nine. Like he's he's bonkers. He's crazy. Go nuts. I think he he's just having a year. And and it's funny to me. One What's really standing out beyond his excellence is. You always see it with rookies, especially young rookies, especially teenagers. That at some point the wear and tear of playing against, you know, against men against professional athletes, right? At some point that wear and tear hits you, and it's it's the rookie wall. It's not a gimmick. It's it's a thing that actually happens and a thing that's actually existing. Except for Wyatt Johnston, he seems to be getting stronger as the season progresses. And I I, I wanted to take a second and ask. What are your thoughts? What are you seeing? Why do you think he has been able to, as a 19-year-old playing, you know, at the highest level for the first time, why has he been able to not just stay productive in the late stages of the season, but if anything, kind of accelerate his production?
1: I would say primarily because he thinks his way around the ice and, and his skill and the reason why he was a high draft choice uh, like he was is because of his brain not his body. And so all he needed to have happen was for the game to slow down and the game has slowed down for oh, him boy, and he so never. he keeps he keeps he just keeps plugging away and you take a look at people like Beneers, who was the kid in uh, in Ottawa Pinto I think. Now uh, yeah. everybody had these great numbers coming out of the gate. But they're relying on their raw talent, and and they're surprising people, and then they get coached against, and and people figure out what their game's all about. And eventually, they, they get shut down, and they, they, they plateau, and then they have to reach down deep in order to find a different part of their game or, or improve the parts of their game that made them special in the first place. And with Johnston, it's not that physical stuff. It's just having the game in front of him and understand what's going on and being one step ahead of the play. And, and, and he's, he, it, that's why he got off to a little slower start, but now he's been able to pick it up and with the game slowed down, he's improving as the season goes on, as opposed to digressing.
0: I thought I like that. I think as well, um, uh, all of that. He, he is the type of player who profiles. It's not a, he's not a power forward. He's not throwing checks. He's not, you know, pushing his way through guys. He's, he's getting to the right spot. His, his goal um, uh, the far, the far post goal, I believe it was against Seattle where the kind of the rebound flies across to him and he buries, right? He's, he is a, he's, he's the guy that gets to spots, scores in space. All that, which again tends to minimize the the physicality gap that he's gonna see playing against a you know 27-year-old that's been a professional for you know eight years. The other thing that that's been interesting to me that I think has helped two things. One is he he plays, you know, with playing on a line with Jamie Benn predominantly, he plays with a a bigger body player that can take a lot of that physical burden, right? So that that spaced clearing, that job, a lot of the the sorts of things that might where a smaller, younger player down, and Jamie can shoulder some of that burden. And then as well, injecting, I think, Dadnoff onto that line over the last couple of weeks has helped as well. And again, emphasizing everything that you just talked about, Mark, all of a sudden you've got a player who, and this doesn't diminish his physical gifts, they're fantastic, but you have a player whose primary gift is his ability to read the game and react to the game. So you have him on a line with a, you know, an elite power forward and Jamie Benz, somebody that can create space, and now you've got another creative. You know the profile on Dadenoff, right? Is you you put him with creative players, he plays well. So you you have Johnston in a situation that just plays. It, it, they have put him in a spot where it caters directly to his strengths and minimizes his weaknesses, and they're reaping the the benefits of that.
1: I think you're right. Okay, I've I've one last thing before we we wrap this thing up, and this this I'm going to bring up some old topics. Oh, I love um, it overtime. Dallas kind of sucks at overtime, huh? <laughs> kind of. And 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 we've you know there've been a whole bunch of things that have been written about it. Um there's been a whole lot of talk about why it is, you know, why we, why do we start certain people? Why do we play certain people? Let's take a little look at Jake Ottinger. G- give me a guess. Uh a guess here. What is Jake Ottinger's
0: save percentage at 3 on 3 with the game time? At 3 on 3. Um and I do not, I do not have, and nobody can verify this, so who cares, but I don't have stats in front of me. Jake Ottinger's save percentage at three on three. I'm going to say 887. 778. Oof. You know want to want to know what his high danger save percentage is. I mean, now I don't, <laughs> but, uh, but please tell me you've clearly put in the work. A uh, high Five, danger. 583. 583. Good Lord. And
1: and you want to know the other guy who's and Jake Ottinger leads the league in number of minutes played at three on three with the score tied. Um,
0: right <laughs> so up you've got got the guy t- who's leading the league
1: and playing poorly. That's great. Well, the, there's a little sanity here though because you know the other team that really sucks at overtime, Calgary, and Jacob Markstrom is in the same boat. Yeah, you with know, within a handful of percentage points, his numbers, uh, his save percentages, high in danger save percentage is the same. And maybe we're overthinking over time. Maybe, maybe we just need to. think. Ottinger's having a bad year at three on three. The numbers weren't bad
0: last year.
1: Yeah, um, I was gonna say, what it, was his high not, danger it, save
0: percentage last season? It, it was much better. It was much better. I would also but, love to know what like the average is. Is that well?
1: Let Let me just say there. Uh, there There are twenty five goaltenders who have played more than twenty minutes uh, at three on three, mm-hmm. uh, with the score tied and Ottinger's numbers the save percentage is fourth worst the high Oof. danger save percentage is second worst so he's he's getting lit up he's getting lit up like like nobody else it, it's such a small sample size and, and maybe you can coach around it maybe he's facing different shots i took a look at stuff like how far away the shots were there doesn't look to be any any real weird where 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 things are giving things where where the team's giving him things that he can't handle but it kind of struck me the reason i looked at this was after watching adam larson just kind of deke him out of his skates larson is not a really good offensive player
0: and he was traded one for one for taylor hall okay true
1: true and maybe maybe he (laughs) he got some talent with that but but you know Miro was showing up he kind of had the backside covered if if that's a save that Jake makes all the time.
0: Yeah. I wonder and, if it, and, you know he's he gets his the the common talking point about Ottinger is what a competitor he is and how great he is and all that. I wonder if part of that is he is so it's it's almost one of those like snake eating itself. The team is bad in overtime, therefore I must try harder, therefore the team is bad in overtime, therefore I must try harder. Well, and I kind
1: of hope that's the way it is. And I and I'll end my say on this. This way, when Ottinger first came in the league, he was terrible at the shootout. Yeah, and and he recognized that he was terrible at the shootout, and he decided to make himself better, and he did. And and so I I I hope ottinger's feeling the pressure in overtime, and
0: he decides that he's going to do something. I too hope that he decides to make himself better at things that he's bad at. That would be just generally a, <laughs> no, a that's, good thing. Yes, that's fantastic. No, I I love that. That's and it also given what else we've talked about, it it. Stands in line with if he is struggling against shots at overtime, in particular high danger shots, and the Dallas Stars as a team physically profiles to give up those types of chances, it makes sense that the team is going to be wretched at overtime. Because you have a team that, you know, is is prone to, you know, missing the net and giving up a breakaway or a two-on-one and a goalie that is prone to giving up that goal. So it's it's definitely, it all makes perfect sense. Yep, and, and
1: we love it when the eye test matches up with the numbers.
0: You know, 200 hockey men are right every now and then. Put them in a room together; they'll they'll eventually write Macbeth
1: yeah, or or play Ryan Souter. There <laughs>
0: you just you had to you just had to end the podcast. On, I thought that was a good one. You should have just dropped the mic at that. Point. Uh, I just I should I should storm out. We should we need some kind of like, <laughs> wall, the, with the Debbie Downer sound, the the losing um the losing prices, yeah, right. yeah, whatever yeah, Ryan yeah. Suter, comes, the boom 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 boom. That's just that's our Ryan Suter. That's his that's his wrestling theme music coming to the curtains. Well, with the exception of the Ryan Suter comment, Mark, it has been a, a fantastic podcast. Hopefully, the stars take care of business tonight. It, it certainly is interesting to see, you know, to think about what the stretch run's going to provide. So, thank you for listening. Thank you for helping, KT. Thanks for all the hard work putting this together. And um, we will, I guess, the next time we talk will be. Probably after Chicago, before the Arizona-Colorado back-to-back, but who knows? We're, We're keeping it breezy. This podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you have time for healing
1: and renewal.